Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. Welcome to So That Just Happened, a podcast for those who have lost their person and want to find themselves. I'm Carly Cooper, a single mom, widow, coach, author, and chronic truth seeker. My superpower is finding the funny, the hope, and the silver lining in any shit situation. This podcast is for the purpose of education only and is not a replacement for therapy. If you need additional support, please seek out a trained professional for help with your specific situation. Let's get to it, shall we? At the time of this recording, we're about 10 days into 2024, and that whole best year yet vibe, yeah, it's taking a bit of a nosedive already. It's a familiar routine for me. The new year hits, and suddenly I'm on a mission for a fresh journal and a shiny new pen, despite having plenty of ink left in the one I used last year, and probably the one before that. And the whole vision board extravaganza? I'm not just creating one. I enroll in this Feng Shui vision board course every year to make sure I'm in complete alignment with all my success directions and energy number. And because I'm a glutton for personal growth, I print out these workbooks, and they're all about digging into the past year, figuring out what worked, what didn't, and getting super clear on the goals I want to tackle this time around. It's a whole production, and yet here I am, 10 days in, and my best year yet is starting to feel a bit more like, what the fuck was I thinking? I love the start of a new year. It's like hitting the refresh button, getting a clean slate, a total reset. To give you some background on my impending downward spiral, let me share a couple of the goals that I've set for 2024. First up, the health goal. I've been chipping away at it for the past few months, so it's not necessarily new, but I just want to up my game. I'm hitting the big 5-0 in February. Please hold your applause. And apart from the usual creaks and dull aches in my lower back and knees, to quote Larry David, I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. But to keep the ship sailing smoothly, I've got a supplement routine that rivals a small pharmacy, and I'm all in on monthly health and wellness practices. I got to keep this aging vessel moving and immune system on point. You know what I was saying? So the plan for me is simple to age gracefully and naturally, wearing my wrinkles, my laugh lines, and both my emotional and physical scars with pride. Sounds like I've got it all under control, right? So what's the issue? Well, I'm still a woman who is trying really hard to keep my eyes averted and my thoughts complimentary whenever I see another woman with a more toned torso, because I'm struggling to accept my perimenopausal belly. I mean, to be honest, I've never really rocked a six-pack. I don't even drink them. I did manage to maintain a relatively flat stomach from 1983 to around 1997, and then I came back around for my wedding in 2001. It was a pretty good run. But then, you know, motherhood, middle age, and now perimenopause. It's like my belly is a defiant teenager who wants to do the opposite of what I tell it to, just to be an asshole. I've thrown everything in the kitchen sink at it. Spinning, resistance training, 
Pilates six days a week, stretching every damn day. I've even become close friends with my food scale, tracking proteins and carbs and healthy fats like it's my job. Well, my part-time job. I've waved goodbye on most days to processed sugar and gluten, opting for healthier dessert versions that, let's be real, they don't quite hit the OG sweet spot, and my boyfriend can vouch for that. But I've managed to convince myself that they're just as satisfying as the fructose version. And for a hot minute, it all seemed to be paying off. I felt leaner, stronger, and confidently strutted around feeling all sorts of amazing until PMS barged in. Cue the extra bloating. And you know what else showed up? My inner critic, loud and clear. She had a field day pointing out the doughiness of my stomach. She convinced me to swap out the fitted clothes for looser threads because, you know, my stomach rolls were unsightly. And she wouldn't shut up about how this is just the way it is for women my age. According to her, I'm stuck with it, so just deal with it. Another one of my major missions for 2024 is rolling out my new online coaching program called Rekindle Your Life. This baby has been simmering on the back burner for about two years, but a few months ago, I made a solid commitment to buckle down and get her done. I even brought in some reinforcements. I hired a pro to handle project management tech wizardry, and all those design elements, making sure this thing looks as professional as a three-piece suit and runs smoother than a well-oiled machine. It was a hefty investment, but it lit the fire under me to finally make this idea a reality. And before the holiday break, I was on fire, working on it daily. But now, with just a few weeks to go before the launch, guess who decided to RSVP to the party? Yep, my inner critic. She's chiming in, telling me I'll never finish on time. And for every lesson or worksheet that I wrap up, she throws in a sprinkle of doubt, making me question if it's valuable and good enough. And of course, the classic hit, will anyone other than my saint of a mother even enroll? Gotta love the joys of entrepreneurial self-doubt. I'm fully aware that I'm not the only one outside of an institution who hears those nasty negative voices bouncing around in her head. I mean, come on, who isn't acquainted with the relentless roommate taking up mental residence and making appearances at the most inconvenient times? Our inner critics crank up the volume to the max when we're, when we're chasing our most colossal dreams and goals. She's the star of the show the mastermind behind our destructive thoughts, the one critiquing every move and every decision. She points out our flaws in the mirror, dubs us failures at work, and throws in a dash of self-doubt about being lovable in our closest relationships. This little fucker was born from the early chapters in our, of our lives, those cringeworthy moments we either witnessed or lived through. When you decide to play it safe, stay cozy in that comfort zone, that inner critic of yours takes a nap. She lies dormant when there's nothing to critique in your easy breezy life. But the moment you decide to make a move towards change or take a risk, that inner critic of yours becomes like a stealthy lion in the Serengeti, chilling at the edge of your comfort zone. 
It waits patiently, ready to pounce on your dreams like an unsuspecting antelope. It's like a verbal assault, spewing lies and hurtful thoughts, all geared up to warp your perception. Its mission? Scare you back into the safety zone, preventing you from taking that daring leap. Now, most people get thrown by this inner critic bombardment, and sadly, many throw in the towel before they even kick off the journey. Why? Because there's this misconception that when you embark on a new goal or venture, you should be riding the waves of excitement and motivation and confidence 24-7. Well, I got a newsflash for you. It doesn't work that way. Take, a, take marathon training, for instance, something I would never in a million years consider, but I know some brave souls who've tackled it. It's a downright grueling process. Picture dragging yourself out of a cozy bed, often in the dark, and braving all kinds of weather patterns. Do they enjoy it? Maybe for the first few days. They're still riding the high of their goal, rocking those new running shoes and slick leggings. They may even feel a burst of physical strength right off the bat. But after a while, the reality of the monumental task that they've just taken on hits like a hot flash during a crucial Zoom meeting. New changes are happening. New routines are being established. New sacrifices are being embodied. It's like a defibrillator jolting your ego awake. And your ego despises change more than a hoarder hates a garage sale. So when you decide to shake things up and dive into uncharted territory, buckle up for a wild ride of fear and doubt. It's part of the package deal. Self-doubt and our inner critic will always be chummy companions on our life journey. The goal isn't to kick that inner vitriol to the curb permanently. It's about getting cozy with it, having a chat over coffee, and maybe even sharing a laugh or two. Because believe it or not, that relentless biatch has a mission, and it's all about protection. Yeah, that nagging voice inside your head, it's like your overzealous, albeit annoying, guardian angel. And she's always trying to keep you out of harm's way, even if it does come across as a bit harsh at times. She's dropping lines like, you're a failure, but it's not to bring you down. It's to shield you from the sting of potential disappointment if things don't go as planned. And when she insists that you're ugly, it's not an insult. It's more of a protective measure, keeping you from the vulnerability of putting yourself out there and risking rejection. Now, when she convinces you that you're not good enough, it's not a bruise to your ego just for fun. No, it's a strategic move to keep you playing small, sparing you from the potential humiliation of falling short. And let's not forget the classic, your fat line. And it's not a body shaming jab, but a tactic to build a protective wall around you, shielding you from potential heartache. Sure, it's a backhanded tough love kind of care, but your inner critic in her twisted way is just trying to be the guardian of your emotional well-being. And with friends like that, who needs enemies, am I right? But at least she's got your back. So next time your inner critic starts with the critiques, just remember that she's just doing her best to look out for you. So here's what I want you to take away from this. Whatever your inner critic is feeding you, it's not the gospel truth, not by a long shot. It's more like an annoying, 
noisy chatter, the kind you'd find in a crowded bar on a Saturday night. And once you've cracked the code and understand the real intention behind that inner critic, it loses its heavyweight status. Suddenly, it's just background noise, like meaningless babble coming from someone with no real street cred. And so when you really understand that, it becomes easier to shrug it off. Now, floating around in that word soup of inner chatter, there are other voices that occasionally chime in. The intuitive hits, the divine downloads that serve up those out-of-the-box solutions. They're like the curious detectives of your mind, urging you to dig deeper and explore the uncharted territory of your thoughts. These are the good voices, the ones you definitely want to lend an ear to. The litmus test for distinguishing between the voices in your head boils down to how they make you feel. Your inner critic has a knack for leaving you disheartened, disempowered, and feeling like shit. That higher voice, the one that whispers those intuitive hits and divine downloads, is like a breath of fresh air. It leaves you inspired, excited, and hopeful. Sure, you may still harbor a bit of fear and uncertainty, especially when you're venturing into new territory, but this higher voice is your personal cheerleader urging you to take that inspired action Fear be damned. So the next time you're in the mental arena, pay attention to the feels. If it's a downer, blame the inner critic. If it's a burst of positivity, your higher voice is stealing the microphone. Okay, now I want to share a few Jedi mind tricks. They're game changers when your inner critic decides to throw a tantrum. First up, call it out. Instead of being the victim, Step into the observer role. When that inner critic waltzes in, casually say to yourself, oh, here you are again. What took you so long? It's like shining a light on your inner critic's drama and reclaiming your power by simply acknowledging its presence. Here's another mind-bending trick. Ditch the I in your thoughts. So grab one of those recurring negative thoughts like the classic, I'll never find love again at my age. And now give it a twist. Turn it into, you'll never find love again at your age. Do you see what just happened? It's like you've created a little emotional distance, viewing the thought from an outsider's perspective. Now, this thought suddenly loses its personal punch. It's just a point of view, not a direct attack on you. And here's where the magic kicks in. It sounds less convincing, almost like an unwarranted opinion from an unwanted guest. You might even feel the urge to fire back with a hearty, fuck you, who are you to tell me that? Do you see how the whole energy shifts? The next strategy is to create a funny character. So imagine your inner critic as an over-the-top character from a TV show, movie, or book. Picture what he or she looks like how they sound, what they smell like, how do they dress, what's her name or his name. Really get a clear sense of who this character is. So for the longest time, my inner critic was the sassy, no-nonsense Roz from Monsters, Inc. Her raspy, whiny drawl turned my negativity into a comedy show, making it easier to dismiss her rudeness. But I've actually decided it's time for me to change that. 
So I started rewatching The Sopranos, which holds up, by the way. And Tony's mom, Livia, played by the late great Nancy Merchant, is perfectly cast to play the role of my new inner critic. Livia is one miserable, toxic piece of work in the show. But instead of getting triggered by her, I, I actually find her so entertaining to watch. So when doubts creep in about my new program or I'm feeling down about my stomach, I conjure up Livia's scowl, complete with disgust, judgment, and, and a disapproval in her tone. And you know what? It actually makes me smile. Because I now see these critiques as coming from a miserable, pathetic, narcissistic character who doesn't really know me at all. And it instantly discredits every insult she throws my way. And I want to remind you to see your inner critic's motives. Every time that your inner critic starts its vocal performance, channel your best Nancy Drew and ask yourself, what is she trying to shield me from? What am I most afraid of? It's like peeling back the layers of a suspenseful mystery. So the work here is to approach that scared part of you with compassion. Picture yourself comforting a nervous friend who's terrified of the dark. You're there to soothe, not scold. Because in the end, your inner critic might be a bit misguided, but its heart, or lack thereof, is actually in the right place. She's just trying to shield you from pain. So the next time that voice chimes in, offer it a virtual hug and a cup of metaphorical cocoa. It's all about turning that chaotic confrontation into a cozy fireside chat. The last strategy is to thank your inner critic and show it the door. Time to bid farewell to your inner critic like a bouncer at an exclusive party. Once you unraveled the mystery behind its outburst, say, thanks so much, insert name of your inner critic here. I appreciate you trying to protect me from, insert fear or negative emotion here, but I've got this. Now for the grand exit. Imagine either taking your inner critic by the hand and giving it a gentle escort out of the room, like a confused party guest who got the address wrong. Or if you've got more rage to release, Envision giving that inner critic a swift kick in the ass, watching it fly out the door. Choose the exit strategy that feels like a power move for you. So there you have it. A peek into my arsenal of the inner critic crushing strategies. I'm throwing these gems your way in the hopes that they'll fuel your journey into smashing your goals too. Remember, your real voice is the hero in this narrative. Curious, empowering, and resourceful. So when that sneaky inner critic tries to pee in your protein shake, channel your inner Livia Soprano, call it out, share a laugh, and give her the boot. You've got this, and your goals are just trembling in excitement at the prospect of being conquered. If you're hungry for more game-changing strategies like these, here's your golden ticket. Hop on the waiting list for the Rekindle Your Life program, gearing up for a spectacular launch in February. We're going to see how that goes. <laughs> Consider it your top secret weapon for healing, rediscovering yourself, and blossoming into a more confident and empowered version of you. And if you're among the first in line, you'll snag an incredible limited time deal to kickstart your journey of self-discovery and personal growth. 
The show notes are where you'll find the magic link to join the waitlist. Okay, until our paths cross again, embrace the quirks of life, find humor in the chaos, and always keep moving forward. Your journey to greatness is just around the corner. Bye for now. All right, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to this So That Just Happened podcast. I really hope you found value in this episode and that you're walking away with at least one golden nugget that you can implement or feel inspired by. I would be so grateful if you would share it with one friend or family member who is committed to moving forward and transforming their life. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode and please leave me a review. It would mean so much to me. Also, follow me on Facebook and Instagram at at Coach Carly. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.